Hello everyone, this is Isabel Cortez, and welcome to another episode of Scary Stories for the Soul. People have done a lot in the name of love. They've started wars for love, like in the Greek legend of Paris, the son of King Priam who ruled over Troy. Paris fell in love with Helen, who was the queen of Sparta and wife to King Menelaus. Rather than renounce their love and live apart, they eloped, and their union started the Trojan War and the fall of Troy. Then, there are those who have died for love, as is the case of Queen Dido of Carthage and the Trojan war hero Aeneas. The queen and Aeneas were in love, you see, but there were those in the queendom who would see Dido be deposed and stripped of her throne. In an attempt to do just that, a group of sorcerers enlisted the help of an elf who disguised himself as the god Mercury. This false god would tell Aeneas that he must leave his beloved Dido and fulfill his mission of creating a new Troy in Italy. The elf and the sorcerers knew that Aeneas leaving would break Dido's heart so tragically that she would most likely kill herself, leaving her queendom free for the taking. And that is exactly what happened. Aeneas believed the fake Mercury and abandoned Dido in Carthage. Dido heartbroken beyond repair, had her people build her a large funerary pyre in which she threw herself in. She was burned alive. When Aeneas saw the flames of the pyre, he knew what had occurred. He had been tricked, and now his beloved was dead. It is said that upon Aeneas' death, he and Dido found each other in the underworld, but Dido refused to hear him, still angry that he had ever believed the ruse, and inadvertently, caused her death. Love is the driving force for many of our life choices. Think back on the years of your life so far and take inventory. What have you done for love? What would you do for love? Would you live for it? Die for it? Go mad for it? The last is correct in the unfortunate case of Anna Baker and her haunted wedding dress. Anna Baker was the daughter of iron magnate Elias Baker. In 1849, Elias had the Baker Mansion, a Greek Revival-style mansion built in the forest of Altoona, Pennsylvania. When the mansion was completed, Elias, his wife Hetty, and their two sons, David and Sylvester, and Anna, moved into their grand new home and immediately began to draw attention. The handsome family was notorious for flaunting their wealth, dressing in the finest attire and throwing lavish parties. However, it wasn't at one of these lavish parties, with its rich men in expensive suits and ridiculous hair, that Anna found the man of her dreams. No, Anna met a local iron worker that worked for her father and fell deeply in love. Much to her heart's joy, he fell in love with her too. They were from two different worlds, her with more money than could ever be dreamt of, and he barely making ends meet. But none of that mattered to the two lovebirds. They thought of their future together and pictured nothing but romance and happiness. The logistics, they figured, could be worked out later. But when Elias Baker found out about his daughter and her beloved, he was anything but pleased. He had always imagined his only daughter marrying a wealthy and intelligent man. 
someone that had the means to take care of her after he was dead and gone. The last thing that he wanted was for her to marry someone who could barely afford to live from one day to the next. He forbade her from not only marrying the man, but from ever seeing him again. Anna was heartbroken. She and the ironworker had gotten engaged in secret, and now the visions of the future that she had pictured for herself. A beautiful wedding, an adoring husband, perhaps a few children, were all slipping away. Hoping to change her father's mind, she bought a wedding dress, a pearl gown with dramatic sleeves and gold button detailing down the front. She slipped into the gown and proclaimed to her father all the love she had in her heart for the man that she loved and how her happiness hung in the balance of his decision. Still, her father said no. Anna kept the dress in her room, a constant reminder of the future and the love that she could have had. Over the years, Elias and Hetty tried to introduce Anna to different men, each one more well-off than the last, in the hopes that she would eventually settle down and marry. But Anna refused them all, growing hateful towards her parents for the pain that they had caused. Then one day, Elias decided that he had had enough of his daughters moping about. If she insisted on denying every eligible suitor that he brought her, then she would stay inside of Baker Mansion indefinitely. The years flew by, and David and Sylvester married and moved on with their lives. But Anna did indeed stay within the walls of Baker Mansion. The once beautiful and vivacious girl would slowly begin to turn into a bitter and reclusive woman. In 1848, Elias Baker passed away, with his wife Hetty following him to the grave shortly after. Anna, being the only Baker left in the home, took over as head of the household. Her first order of business was to leave the mansion and go searching for the man that she had once loved so ardently. It was a well-known fact that Elias had used his tremendous influence in town to have the man moved from the iron mill in town to one three towns over so as to ensure that the young lovers could never meet again. What Anna didn't know was that her once fiancé had never stopped trying to get in contact with her continuously writing her letters, which all went unanswered. Anna had never even received them. Now her father was dead, and there was nothing stopping her from being reunited with her lover. But the years had been long. Time had ticked away slowly, and a broken heart can't remain broken forever. Upon finding the man that she had risked her father's rancor for, she found out that he had married another woman and was now completely settled down with a family of his own. It was on that day that those closest to Anna Baker say that she went completely mad. She looked back at her life and realized that her parents had stolen her future. That family could have been hers. That man could have been hers. All that love and affection and happiness could have been hers. And instead, she had spent the majority of her life locked away from the world and the pursuit of happiness. If she couldn't actually live the life that she had dreamt of, she would live it in her mind. Anna kept her wedding dress and frequently wore it around the mansion, much to the chagrin of the staff. They watched as she danced in the hallways with an invisible partner, 
her white gown flowing behind her as she danced along to the beloved music box that her lover had given her. She could be found walking around the grounds, holding conversations with an invisible companion, and when she wasn't there, she was locked away in her room, sobbing and wailing into the night. That madness began to take a physical toll on Anna, and by 1914, she had passed away. The gown that was supposed to be worn on her wedding day was worn on her death day instead. After her death, the staff at the Baker Mansion reportedly preserved Anna's room and her wedding gown perfectly in the hopes of honoring her memory. The efforts, however, only fueled her spirit to come back and walk among the living. Shortly after the funeral, Anna's ghost reportedly began to haunt the home. Her music box played on its own, and the dress that she had imbued with so much hope and desperation would sway as if in mid-dance. Anna herself was also frequently seen roaming around the home in her wedding gown, or walking the grounds at night. As time passed on, the Baker Mansion was abandoned and quickly fell to neglect. Eventually, the Blair County Historical Society took over the property and turned it into a museum, encapsulating the lives of one of the most prosperous families in Pennsylvania. At the forefront of the museum was the heartbreaking story of Anna Baker, and on full display was her wedding gown, trapped in a glass case for onlookers to marvel at. I personally don't know whether this helped Anna's restless spirit or furthered her already public fury. What I do know is that if I died in the wedding dress that I had hoped to one day wear on my wedding day to a man that my father forbade me to be with, seeing said dress on display for hundreds of people to gawk at would make me less than happy. And it's true that even now visitors to the museum often see the spirit of a woman dressed as a bride wandering around the home. You can supposedly see her reflection in the glass that houses the infamous wedding dress, her hollow eyes staring back at you with sadness and anger. People also reportedly notice the dress move on its own in the case, or the case itself rattling and shaking as if someone is trying to get the contents inside. Other members of the Baker family have also reportedly been seen lurking around the museum. Hetty Baker is known to walk the halls, dressed in her mourning clothes, forever repeating the moment that she lost her husband and became a widow. Elias Baker is also seen walking up and down the stairs, and when he is not seen, his incessant footsteps can be heard climbing up and back down at all hours of the night. There is also a rumor that David Baker haunts the home due to his unceremonious burial. When David died in 1852, his death came as such a shock to Hetty that she had him buried inside of one of the rooms in the home so that she could forever be close to her son. It is unknown which room he is supposedly buried in, but his screams can reportedly be heard reverberating through the walls, along with the pounding of fists on walls. Multiple mediums who claim to have contacted David say that he is unhappy with his burial and wants to be properly laid to rest. Whether or not this is true is unknown, but you, my dear listeners, have previously been taught of the consequences that come with burying a person incorrectly. The story you're about to hear is about a lover of the supernatural who thought she had the most amazing idea for her wedding. Unfortunately for her, a desperate spirit would not only derail her plans, but also derail her life. 
If anything was to be said about Vivian Jacobs, it was that she loved all things scary. She was known around her circle of friends as the spooky girl, and anyone who knew her knew that the closest way to her heart was through her love of the supernatural and mysterious. So when she met her fiancé, a man named Kenneth Poe, at a Halloween convention in Salem, Massachusetts, they both knew that it was a match made in heaven. They loved all the same movies, books, and TV shows. They had both been to the same conventions and movie screenings and meet and greets. They were madly in love with each other. Besides, Vivian thought that anything that gave her the last name Poe was a sure thing. When the time came to pick a venue, Kenneth came up with a brilliant idea. There was a museum in his hometown of Altoona, Pennsylvania that was supposedly haunted. The museum itself wasn't a venue that usually catered to weddings, but he had an in with the current curator, and he said that it was definitely possible to book the place out for the wedding. Vivian was intrigued, but she had been to more than one supposedly haunted museum that turned out to be nothing but a sham to attract tourists. She wanted to go and make sure that the place was the real thing. They contacted Kenneth's contact and arranged to spend a night at the museum. If by the end of their stay, they had both personally seen or heard something, they would book it as their venue. The Baker Mansion Museum was nestled into the forest of Altoona. By the time that they arrived, the sun was beginning to set, casting ominous shadows along the outside walls and making the forest near impossible to see into. Vivian imagined having her ceremony backlit by the warm colors of the setting sun, white twinkling lights and torches lining her walk down the aisle. So far so good, she thought to herself. However, the inside of the mansion, in her opinion, was nothing to write home about. It reminded her of a time capsule, freezing the lives of the Baker family forever. The furniture was just as they had left it, the decor, the appliances, the clothing on display. It was rather creepy to her, knowing that she was sitting on the same couches and walking the same halls as they had. The couple was given a brief history of the Baker family, how Elias Baker was a self-made millionaire, how the family was famous for throwing the best parties, and how all three of the Baker children were known for their handsomeness and beauty. Vivian took a good look at the trio and agreed. They were attractive in a silent film star kind of way. Anna, the only girl, specifically caught her attention. There was a sadness in her eyes that Vivian could see even through the faded portrait. She turned around and saw a dress sitting on display in a glass case in the main room of the museum. She walked over to it and gently placed her hand on the glass. It was a beautiful dress ivory with lace detailing and puffed sleeves that she knew would have been all the rage back in the day. She imagined herself wearing a dress like that, twirling around in Kenneth's arms. The dress swayed a little in the glass case, bringing Vivian out of her daydream. What's this? She asked the curator, a man named Dean. Oh, this is a great story, he said, walking over to Vivian with Kenneth in tow. This is Anna Baker's wedding dress. Legend says that she fell in love with a man who was beneath her station, an iron worker that worked for her dad. The two got engaged and planned on getting married, but old Elias Baker wasn't going to let his only daughter marry some working class guy. So he forbade Anna from ever seeing her lover again and had the man shipped out to another mill a few towns down. 
Anna kept the dress and put it on for her dad in the hopes that if he saw her as a bride, he would let her get married. But it was no dice. That's so sad, Vivian said, holding onto Kenneth's hand just a little tighter. Oh, it gets worse, Dean continued. Elias supposedly sent every eligible man under the sun to try and court Anna, but she refused every single one of them. Finally, he got sick of her antics and told her that if she refused to marry any of the men, then she would spend the rest of her life in the mansion. She was essentially on house arrest. Finally, when Elias died, Anna went to go find her ex-lover and found that he had married and started a family with someone else. I mean, I don't think anyone can really blame him, Vivian said softly. Exactly, Kenneth agreed. It had been more than ten years. Although, it's said that he never stopped trying to contact her. Well, after that, Anna went completely cuckoo bananas. I mean it. She absolutely lost her mind. She refused to wear anything other than her would-be wedding dress. The entire Baker family had died except for her, so the mansion was hers, and the staff had to watch her dance and laugh and talk to an imaginary man in her dress. She even died in it. It wasn't until she was long dead and buried that the Blair County Historical Society found the dress and put it on display. It's said that the main spirit that haunts the museum is the spirit of Anna Baker in her infamous wedding dress. Vivian went back to the display and traced the outline of the dress with her eyes. It really was still a beautiful dress, although a bit old-fashioned. She caught a woman's face in the reflection of the glass as if the person was standing just beside her. She yelped loudly and spun around, but there was no one there. Are you okay? Kenneth asked. I thought I saw something, she replied, still looking around. It was probably Anna, Dean said. Vivian tried to catch any hint of joking in his voice, but there was none to be found. She's really protective of her dress, he continued. There are a few people who have seen the case shake and the latch rattle. It's supposed to be Anna trying to get the dress out of the case. By the time that their tour was done, the sky outside was completely black. They didn't really plan on sleeping. They wanted to stay up and catch whatever proof they could that the museum was haunted. It was going to be tough though. They had been advised that the least amount of equipment the better. The museum didn't have the electrical capacity to support all the investigative equipment that they usually brought to these types of places, so they were only equipped with a camcorder and an EVP recorder. Where do you want to set up shop? Kenneth asked after Dean had left. For Vivian, there was only one place that made sense. The room where Anna's dress stood on display. They finished setting up their recorder and their camera, and the couple stood in the middle of the room, waiting. Kenneth sat on the couch and asked all the usual questions. Is there anyone here? Is there anything present here with us today? Are you the spirit of Anna Baker? Knock once if you are in the room. But nothing had happened. No creaking floorboards, no footsteps on the stairs. The wind wasn't even howling outside. It was a perfectly calm night. After almost an hour of no activity, Vivian was starting to get desperate, but then a light bulb went off in her mind. I'm going to put on the dress, she said, making her way over to the glass case. Kenneth jumped up. Are you sure that's the best idea? What if we damage it? I don't want Dean to get in trouble. I'm not going to damage it, 
Vivian replied, already messing with the lock. Look, Dean said that the dress gives off the most reaction from Anna's spirit, right? If we want proof that this place is haunted, we have to do something drastic that will catch her attention. What better way to do that than put on her wedding dress? What if she gets mad at you, though? Kenneth replied with a look of worry on his face. I don't want anything bad to happen to you. Vivian turned and gently touched his cheek. I'll be fine. I promise. She jostled the lock more forcefully, and then it gave a soft click. The glass door swung open on its own, and Vivian gave Kenneth a triumphant smile. She lifted the dress delicately off of its stand and laid it down on the couch. Then, she slipped out of her own clothes and into the dress quickly, ignoring the smell of dust and antiquity that seeped onto her skin. Once the dress was on, she turned to Kenneth, who was beaming at her. "'How do I look?' she asked. "'You look great, actually,' he responded. "'It's like it was made for you.' Vivian took the voice recorder off the table while Kenneth picked up the camcorder and pointed it at her. "'Anna?' Vivian called out loudly. "'I hope you don't mind, but I'm wearing your dress. "'I'm a bride, too, you see. "'Well, I will be one soon, "'and I couldn't help but notice how beautiful it was. "'I just had to try it on. "'Is that okay?' "'The pressure shifted in the room, "'causing both Vivian and Kenneth's ears to pop. "'They knew that a pressure shift in the air "'was a common sign of paranormal activity,' but they tried not to get too excited. The music box next to the glass case that housed the dress started to play on its own, causing both of them to jump. It played a soft, melodic tune, and Vivian couldn't help but close her eyes and sway to the music. Kenneth pointed at the camera. "'What are you doing?' he asked. Vivian kept dancing, twirling around, causing the dress to flutter out around her. It's just such a lovely song. I can't help myself. Kenneth watched her dance for a few minutes until the music box stopped playing. When the music had faded away, Vivian stopped in her tracks and stared wide-eyed into the camera. That was so strange. It's like I couldn't stop myself. I had no control over my own body. But Kenneth had left the room and was pointing the camera at the staircase. Vivian went to follow him, but saw nothing. "'What is it?' she asked. "'Hush,' he said in a whisper. "'Come here.' Vivian went to stand behind him and looked at the top of the staircase through the camcorder lens. There, seen on camera but unseen to the naked eye, was the figure of a slender woman dancing on her lonesome. Her arms were raised as if holding on to an invisible partner, and she was wearing the exact dress that Vivian had on. Her hair was up in a dramatic updo, and her skin was iridescent in the moonlight that showed through the parlor windows. They watched her dress there in complete awe of the spirit that they were seeing. Anna? Vivian finally ventured to ask. The spirit stopped dancing with her back turned toward them. Anna? Vivian asked again. Slowly, the spirit of Anna Baker turned to look at them. At first, they thought she looked confused, as if she was trying to figure out why they were in her house. 
But then she looked Vivian up and down, a look of angry realization spreading across her face. Vivian suddenly felt embarrassed for having been caught wearing the dress. That's my dress! The spirit of Anna Baker screamed. She floated towards them with incredible speed, her hands outstretched as if ready to tear the gown off of Vivian's body. Vivian screamed, and Kenneth grabbed her and brought her down to the ground, shielding her body with his. Anna's furious screams mixed in with Kenneth's cries of pain as she scratched and clawed at his back in an attempt to get to Vivian underneath. And then, just as suddenly as the attack had started, it stopped. Kenneth lifted himself up and winced at the pain on his back. He looked at his reflection in the mirror, and already the scratch marks were beginning to fade from an angry crimson red to a soft pink. "'Did you get all that?' Vivian asked, trembling. "'I think so,' Kenneth said, picking up his camera. They rewound the footage, and sure enough, it was all there. Everything except for the violent attack, which was slightly off-camera, but could still be heard." Vivian quickly took off the dress and changed back into her regular clothes. Even after the gown was back on its stand, she felt like she could feel its ancient fabric on her skin. Okay, so, Kenneth ventured to ask, do you still want to get married here? Vivian gave a small chuckle. I don't know how I feel about getting married in a place where you were nearly mauled to death by a crazed spirit. Kenneth checked the scratches on his back again. They had faded away entirely. Look, they're gone. And I don't know about you, but that was just about the scariest and coolest thing that's ever happened to me. Me too, Vivian agreed with a smile. They knew that other people would think that they were crazy, but they had made up their minds. Kenneth shot a quick text over to Dean to let him know that they would pay whatever was asked to get married at the Baker Mansion Museum. Vivian looked at her soon-to-be husband and said, Oh, and one last thing. I want to get married in that dress. Kenneth spat out the water he had been drinking. Are you insane? He asked. No, I am completely serious. Kenneth looked over at the dress and noticed that the case was shaking slightly. You saw her reaction when you tried it on for a few minutes? How do you think she'll react if you get married in it? Vivian walked over to the case and gently stroked the glass. The shaking stopped as soon as she touched it. I can't describe it, but I need to wear it. When I had it on, it was like it was calling to me. Like it was made for me, you know? I think that we owe it to her. What do you mean? Kenneth asked. He was worried about the tone in Vivian's voice. She turned to look at him, but she didn't take her hand off of the case. Everyone says that Anna's dress is haunted because she never got to wear it to her wedding, right? I think that Anna placed all her hopes and dreams into the dress. The dress represented more than just a marriage. It was... The potential for a different future. I think that the dress is what's holding Anna here. The dress was meant to be worn to a wedding, and never was. If we give the dress what it wants, then maybe it will release its hold on Anna, and she can move on. The theory was 
sort of making sense. Kenneth couldn't deny that. But it's bad luck to see the bride in her wedding dress, and I've already seen you in this one, he tried to convince her. We've never been one for traditions, though, have we? She questioned back. He laughed and agreed. He didn't like the idea of her wearing that dress. He didn't like the idea of a ghost potentially coming down and ruining their wedding day on the off chance that Vivian was wrong. But he wasn't going to tell his future bride what to do. And if it was her dream to get married in the dress, then she was going to get married in the dress. When morning came, Kenneth paid Dean a ridiculous amount of money to not only get married at the mansion, but to also allow Vivian to wear the haunted wedding dress. The only problem was that everything would have to be done in secret, so the wedding had to be done quickly. Within a week, 20 of their closest friends and family had flown down to Altoona, Pennsylvania to watch the spooky couple get married. Kenneth spent the entire week worried, though. Vivian had spent every waking moment leading up to the wedding wearing the dress. He would watch as she took walks around the mansion wearing it. She would dance to the music box wearing it, telling him that she was practicing for their wedding day. She even had the band that they hired learn the music box's song so that she could walk down the aisle to it. When he suggested that she put the dress back and not bring it out until their wedding day, she became furious with him. My dreams are finally coming true. Don't take this from me again, she shouted. He was confused. What did she mean again? But not one to ever fight, he dropped it and let her continue on with her gown. When their wedding day finally came around, everything went off without a hitch. It was just the kind of spooky and scary wedding that anyone who knew the happy couple would expect from them. When it was time to say their I do's, Kenneth looked deeply into Vivian's eyes and nearly gasped. Staring back at him were not Vivian's sea green eyes that he had known and loved, but a pair of deep chocolate brown ones. Eyes that he remembered seeing but a photograph that hung on the walls of the Baker Mansion Museum. The eyes of Anna Baker. But then Vivian blinked and they were gone. He said I do, but never forgot what he had seen. After the wedding, the dress was placed back on its display to live the remainder of its existence. The museum staff reportedly stopped experiencing paranormal activity associated with the dress, although the other spirits in the home were still steadily active and scaring the bejesus out of tourists and staff alike. As for Kenneth and Vivian, Kenneth began to notice small changes in his now wife. There were moments when she would f refer to herself as us and we instead of I and me. We don't like black coffee anymore, she would say at a cafe, or that bothers us, after a song that Vivian previously liked played on the radio. Vivian also dyed her hair. Her previously light brown, almost blonde locks transformed into a darker brown, almost black color. They weren't changes that would usually cause people to be alarmed, but Kenneth knew better. He knew that their time at the Baker Mansion Museum and Vivian's time wearing the dress had changed her. Are you okay? He asked Vivian one night. She had been humming the same tune that the music box had played at the mansion on their first night there. The tune had sent chills up Kenneth's spine and he didn't want to ever hear it again. 
We're fine, Vivian said. We're finally fine. Vivian looked up at him and firmly clasped his hand, rubbing his knuckles with her thumb. It was an affectionate gesture, but when he met her eyes, Kenneth's breath caught in his throat. She had one sea-green eye and one dark chocolate-brown one. All of our dreams have finally come true, she replied, and went back to her humming. The tragic tale of Anna Baker and her haunted wedding dress is one that has appealed to many people. Her hopes and dreams were snatched away from her, all because she fell in love with someone that she shouldn't have. In many ways, Anna Baker lost her mind and died for love. She refused to give up the love that she knew to be so wholesome and pure for the sake of marrying for money. While the Baker Mansion Museum is still available for tours in Altoona, Pennsylvania, the dress itself has been removed and placed into storage to stop its further deterioration from the sun and pollution. After learning about poor Anna, we have to ask ourselves, is it romantic or honorable or even worth holding on to love so tightly that we would lose our minds for it? Or is it easier to simply let go? Look at the person that you love tonight and ask yourselves that question. Then get back to me. I'm dying to know the answer. Thank you for taking this haunted journey with me today. If you want to hear more myths, legends, and scary stories, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Google Podcasts, Anchor, and Spotify. Until next time.